I'm, I'm at the house. I'm at the house. Okay. I just ate some tamales. Are we are we recording for sure? For sure. We are. I'm pretty sure. Yes, we are. Okay. We are 27 I, seconds in. I think I want that to be like my 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 new thing. Whenever we link up, are we recording? <laughs> are we recording? Hello. <laughs> What's up? It's your girl, HMAC, and this is What's the Move, HMATIC. It's been a minute, y'all. It has almost been a year. Today is February 10th. Last time I recorded was April something of 2019. So we've made it to 2020. Your girl has made it to 29 just a couple of days ago. And I'm going to try to get back on this podcast journey. So today's episode is really special. I have one of my really good friends, Marcus Jones, joining me. We're going to talk a little bit about Grownish, the show. We're going to talk about love, talk about the church, and just whatever else comes to mind. Because whenever we get on the line together, it's always a good, productive conversation filled with a lot of wisdom. So I hope you enjoy it. This is What's the Move, HMATIC. So what's good? Yeah. Birthday girl. I know the birthday was this past Thursday. It was a good day. It was very solid. Okay. Okay. Did you do I, um a lot of my students got together and they decorated my office the night before, okay. which was very special. Uh-huh. And then they got me a ice cream cake, an Oreo ice cream cake. Because they kept asking me, they're like, what's your favorite dessert? And, like, I'm not even thinking because I've been so busy at work. I really haven't had time to really focus in on my birthday. But they kept asking me, like, oh, what kind of desserts do you eat? Okay, cool. That's what's up. And so they got me one of the Oreo ice cream cakes, and it was so good. Okay. And then what that, even- that evening, I had to work some events. So I really didn't do much then, but I really just felt really loved from all of my coworkers, all of my friends. Um, my boss got me a cake as well. And then some of the other people in the office got me candy and popcorn. And then Friday, I ended up going out to the casino with one of my friends just to get a drink and some food. And that was nice, too. And then Saturday, I went to a brunch type Bible study. Huh. at a church that I'm considering joining. Mm-hmm. But it was a good time. Like, I had a really good birthday. It was super low-key the day of. But I'm blessed to see 29. There you go. There you go. I don't think I've my coworkers have, or my old coworkers, I don't think I ever got any birthday celebrations. And I don't think it was anybody's particular, like, we're not celebrating Marcus's birthday. I think it's just, like, in the workspace I was in, or I'm still in, but changing uh, ways with mental health. Like, it's just always so chaotic. Like, nobody, like, made a big effort. But I'm happy that they, they your coworkers care enough for you and, too, your students care enough for you. Um yeah. Was- was the church the one that you mentioned wanting to join up there? Not in not in Rochester, but and I keep forgetting this new city. Buffalo. 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 Yeah. Yeah. So I've been on the uh, church hunt for, I would say now since December, probably end of December, um, because I stayed at the other church through November to finish out some duties and some leadership positions I had. But I've been going back and forth between a few different churches um, most of them are ones that either coworkers of mine go to. A few of them are also ones that I just found online. Okay. 
that's a good one. That's a good one. I, I wish we had time to talk about churches because I've had my own ups and downs with churches. And when we were talking about what we were going to discuss, because, you know, um, Chantella had recommended me. Shout out to Chantella. Um, she recommended- we love you, Chantella. Love you. We big love you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she had recommended I try, because, you know, she'd be on them podcasts. Like, what? Mm-hmm. I tried Scam Goddess. And so I had um, listened to, like, one or two episodes. I remember when I was cooking and I was in the kitchen cracked up. And so I started listening to more of them. And they got me thinking about, like, different scams and stuff that happened to me. And I actually had a really weird scam happen. And it was, like, at church. But uh, it was oh, it was through church. It wasn't at church, Lord. Don't let me put that on, on that. It, it was somebody I had met through church. So, uh, Lord, I kind of want to hear this. If you got time to tell and you are open to tell. Because it sounds very interesting. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. So I moved back home um, to Memphis several years ago. And uh, in moving back home, one of my approaches at the time was to find a multi-ethnic church. And so um, for some reason in my mind, I had perceived the body and Christ to be multi-ethnic. I was like, you know, we're all going to be in heaven. We should worship and celebrate together. And I'm just like, in my head, we're in 2050. We're worshiping together. We're fellowshipping together. Like, we're doing life together. All this, you know, beautiful X, Y, Z. Keep in mind, I'm in the South. So, you know, you're up North. I think it's a bit more common for the diversity. But down South, we still struggle in certain ways. And so, uh, with my experiences, I wanted my faith to kind of reflect or my, my, what, the way in which I worship to reflect how I attempt to do life or do life, I should say. And so it led me to church um, for sake of not name bashing. I won't drop the name of the church, but I will say it's one of, of the bigger churches in Memphis that, quote unquote, is marketed as a multi-ethnic church. And so I got into this multi-ethnic church and I had been there a few times, like met some friends, you know, like, you know, just fellowship and doing my thing, you know, like growing and trying to grow in the church. And so I remember, I never remember this. I never forget this. I went to one day and um, I was using the bathroom and there was this man in there with his son. And he was like, hey, I'm going to say his name. He was like, hey, my name's Kyle. <laughs> I was like, you know, hey, Kyle. Like, you know, I'm in the bathroom doing my thing. He was like, hey, how are you doing? Like, we uh, made it, introduced each other, introduced ourselves to one another and was talking. I was like, that's what I'm talking about. You know, like black, white, everything. You know, we just talking and meeting, whatever. So he's like, hey, you want to grab coffee sometime? I was like, sure. So, like, I'm really thinking I can grab a friend at church. Because I'm talking, I went to Cuba, came back, like, went to Canada, then been back. We still meeting up for coffee. He's talking about his wife. He talking mm-hmm. about I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm grabbing another brother because, you know, I'm wanting to grow more. Like, I mean, he's married with kids. I'm like, at some point, I'd like to be there. So, you know, I'm thinking I really got a brother in Christ. <laughs> <laughs> told me he used to work where I worked at. That's what really, I think, burned me up. Oh, now that's interesting. Like He was like, um, hey, so my mentor is going to be in town. <laughs> I was like, okay, cool. He's like, I want you to meet my mentor. And I was like, you know, cool. Like, this this what's up. Like, I'm thinking like, yeah, like, you know, I got mentors too. So I'm mm-hmm. like, ooh, somebody finna pour into me. You know, like, so I'm cool. And you know, yo, you love to network now. I love the network and be around just positive people that are spreading like positive energy and can teach me something. Cause I, I'm, I'm a big fan of pouring into people and also being poured into. Cause I think that's what life is about, especially as it relates to the word and being a believer. Right. So I'm mm-hmm. like, you know, I'm yeah, Let's meet your mentor. Tell me why this man give me to one of these, this, 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 first of all, I should have, I was like, this address kind of scared. I thought it was going to be at his house or a restaurant or something. 
it's like this common area near this park that I used to run at. So I'm like, okay, why is this at a big like place? Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's gonna be us kicking it. And then I pull up and I see other cars out there. And then he also, I remember he said, dressed like dressy casual. So I was like, I mean, okay, I'm gonna wear what I wanna wear, but I'm, you know, I'm gonna come, right? I ain't gonna end up, like, I ain't gonna make you look bad in front of your mentor. Right. I get there and it's like a pyramid scheme. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so you was there for the presentation. <laughs> I was so livid. I was so livid. I don't know if I was more mad that he did that or that I fell for it. <laughs> but did you end up staying for the presentation? I did out of politeness. Out of okay. Care. But you weren't interested in joining? Heck no. Like, I smell pyramid skin right off the bat. I'm going to tell you what happened. So I come in. I sit down. He's like, oh, and this is what he got me. Oh, I'm going to let you sit up front. And it's a room full of folks. A room full of folks he's been, I guess, around town mingling and meeting with. Like, his his job is to be a pyramid schemer. And I, <laughs> I always have, like, a, a weird place in my heart when I think about, like, pyramid schemes. Because at one point, there are people who are real deal making money off of this stuff. But then on the second hand, I know I ain't going to put in the work to get to the level that they at. But my thing is, okay, here's my thing about pyramid schemes. What are you selling for somebody? Like you know what I'm saying? Like you go to McDonald's, you get a burger. Yeah. You go to Lifetime Fitness, you get a fitness routine. You go to Apple, you get a Mac, you get an iPad. You selling folks what he was basically what they were trying to tell us was that like we were selling they were we would be marketing people to be a part of this exclusive club and in exclusive cl- this club they would get discounts on Amazon and stuff. But like oh, I ain't like- heard that one. I thought it was gonna be one of the travel ones. Mm-mm, it ain't. It, it wasn't a travel one, but it was like basically like it, it was just the. Oh, I don't even want to go into it because think <laughs> you sound it, disgusted. I, I, I was disgusted and I'm low key triggered by like thinking about it. And what's funny is like even after the fact, Heather, he texted me and I was like, like I didn't respond a few texts, and then like one of them, I was like, I would prefer if like we did continue uh, this relationship. Dang, did you say that for real? Yes. Dang, so y'all can't even be friends in the, in the Lewis house? Well, do, are, first of all, are you still nope. going to this congregation? No, because they had another scandal. And I know you can't leave a church after the scandal, but I was just like, this is a sign. I don't need to go here no more. Child, take me back to that good old Baptist. Look, I was like, take me back to Quantania Baptist Church off Millburn. Hello, Quantania. Yes. Like, come on, because I can't fool with y'all. Y'all, y'all really. And it's not y'all. It's just that because the Lord knows that's still my heart. It's just that particular um, experience left a bad taste in my mouth. And, like, ever since then, I've just been, like, like it's. and I've had, what's crazy is I had another person. It wasn't somebody I went to high school with. It was somebody I went to high school with, sibling. I remember being at Barnes & Nobles, and they tried to run the same game on me. They was like, oh, that looks like a good book you're reading. And I was like, it is. Like, you know, it's like, oh, I've read that before. And I was like, oh, okay. And I'm so short. It was a pyramid scheme too, and well, you know what's funny is I was listening to this guy, and Lord forgive me, it pro- I was probably more in tune with him because he was black. So I'm really thinking like he about to like put me on to some too. So I don't know. I was like, do I have gullible written across my face? Yeah, <laughs> and it's friendly though. 
I, I I try to be and like I literally like don't like I'm like if you talk to me like I'm I'm gonna talk back like I'm not I don't know I just and the same person he attempted to do the same thing with another mutual friend of mine Brittany Sales and so we she when I told her she was like yes that happened to me too and I was like man this is really sad folks really be out here scamming like for real for real like yeah. it is like, as a job though like I've never thought to be like I can make a full time hustle off scamming people. <laughs> you so silly but, uh, but you brought up a good point too because like in Memphis I would say at one point especially going to like the high school that I did and how diverse it was I often had the thought about how our worship mm-hmm. uh, experiences were very highly separated much mm-hmm. like the city of Memphis is mm-hmm. and I actually went to a Wednesday night program at a white Methodist church I would say probably second grade until I was maybe in ninth or 10th grade and I loved it but I often thought about that like why are our Sunday services so segregated but Mm -hmm. then when I moved to Fayetteville Arkansas and I was one of a few black people not only in my surroundings but in the city like you could I could go places physically and not see that many black people at least it's not as many black people that I'm used to seeing in the cities of Memphis in the city of Memphis because you know the high school and stuff we were pretty diverse but like middle school elementary school I was used to being the only one in my class but I knew I could also see people that look like me in my church or people that look like me within the community and so when I moved to Fayetteville it became super important for me to find a faith-based community that was majority black because I needed that community and so it was interesting how like that flipped now I've never been a member of um, a church that either marketed itself as uh, multi-cultural or diverse um, but that's something that I thought about as a child because of the diverse group of people that I interacted with. But child, once I got to um, to Fayetteville, I was like, uh-uh, I need a black church. And literally me sitting on Google, and even when I moved to Buffalo, and when I moved to Rochester, I was sitting there on the computer in Google, black mm-hmm. Baptist churches. <laughs> that's finding all of them. That's interesting. You know, when I lived, I had a similar experience. Um, on campus, like I was, and I think a, a lot testimented to me being a transfer student because a lot of my friends that were uh, African American that came that went to UT, they came in this program called Me for UT, and so Me for UT somewhat sets uh, people of color up or black people, I should say, uh, predominantly um, up with programs and like mentors and different little aspects that allows transitioning to the city in that space to be a bit more easier. You know what I'm saying? As Got far- it we we consider like barbershop you know what i'm saying just real life things um that you don't think about until you like in another space like where i'm getting my haircut at? or you know what i'm saying right like, worship it like different things that culturally other people may not or people in the majority may not particularly have to think about <clears throat> but um uh, being a transfer student because you know i went to christian brothers first here in memphis i didn't have those tools and so i remember grappling with that too a lot at knoxville and i actually was speaking with someone recently about um, surviving, quote unquote, up there. Uh, she's actually a nurse practitioner, and she was telling me how she transferred because she's an African American woman, and how a lot of it had to do with, you know, not 
just culturally, you know, the demographics and feeling like a fish out of water all the time. So I think that's very interesting in how we view diversity and multi-ethnicness as opposed to like, you know, predominantly and going to PWIs as opposed to HBCUs. So it's an interesting question, interesting dynamic, I should say. It is. And I'm going to keep it real with you that moving to Fayetteville, Arkansas is really what made me want to move further because in my mind, you know, I moved straight from my parents' house to Fayetteville, Arkansas. I commuted all four years of undergrad. And so moving there, one, that's a cultural shock because I'm not in a home that I've lived in for my entire life. But then I just assume that, oh, I'm still in the South. This is going to be very similar to what, you know, I've experienced in Memphis. And when I got there, baby, it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. And it took me. I would say probably that whole first year to really cope with uh, quite a few things. One, the lack of diversity within the community. Two, me being separated from the people that I consider to be my close friends and family. Uh And then also watching those close friends who were on the five or six year plan still kicking it up and having fun in undergrad and college while I was now graduated and technically working at a college um and advising students and so like I felt like my experience that type of experience was over but I'm still watching the people that I went through that same experience with still enjoy it so I went through a lot of like it was an emotional journey let me just say that that still hasn't quite ended but yeah no it was cool and I still really really um support and respect my church family that I formed there in Fayetteville all my churches that I've been a part of, but yeah, no, it was good times. I think, um, and I know we're going to be moving on to other subjects, but just one more thing as far as what I, my thinking on that, and I've talked to this too about two of my friends that are pastors, they're both um, African-American pastors here in Memphis, and the dynamic of what the church serves in the Black community. I think mm-hmm. um, the church has been served as a lot, like it's been a communal point, it's been like a lot, it served a lot of different hats and roles. I think just going forward, um, as people of color, we're beginning to re-examine like what the church represents to us, and sometimes that doesn't necessarily mean um, just a place of worship, but a place to, to commune and have fellowship, particularly for uh, African Americans, because a lot of us are moving to other cities and you know educated and living in other spaces that we're not occupying, and you know predominance, predominance, and coming from places like Memphis, and I have friends like from Atlanta, like we used to like blackness, like we used to see. It. right don't see it or celebrate it in, in such a way it definitely makes you like revisit like oh then how do i see community exactly i think too worth mentioning shameless plug that's part of the reason why me and my team are working on band two because that's one of the things that we want to do for people of color no matter where we are having a, an, a platform that we can go to and find spaces that we can like eat and drink and shop and feel comfortable because that's something that needs to be done in the 21st century and wanting to work toward doing that. Shocking. It's so important. I can't wait till y'all get everything up and running. It's about to be super dope. <laughs> <laughs> we like, we literally just had, I'm in a group text and uh, Chloe's been texting um, throughout the day and we all text regularly. Mm-hmm. They just had a tech design meeting, and um, our design guy, uh, our tech guy, Chris, sent in a group meeting. Like, you know how when you work on the website, you had like the coming soon stuff. I was like, oh, I'm so excited. Like, I wanted to share it, but like, I was like, ah, nah, I'm away. It's like, nah, 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 I'm gonna keep them waiting a little bit longer. 
And I recorded a video, too, at your alma mater. I was at the University of Memphis, right by the Ramesses statue off of, um, is that, that's not one of them, I can't remember the street now. But, um, yeah, I recorded a video right there, too, so it was really cool um, just being in that space. My friend's like, yeah, recorded by the Ramesses statue. I was like, bro, you be known. You be so, known. I still need to get down there and see that. You haven't? Oh, well, you, well, you don't live here either, so that makes sense. But. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, unfortunately. But no, you bring up very good points and we'll move on right after this. But the church and I'm speaking more to the physical aspect of the church in this sentence Mm -hmm. is such a like has so many cultural components to specifically black Americans um, and just the way that we were brought up. And it's like people who aren't even believers can do church Mm -hmm. for the most part. Like Mm -hmm. people it's just ingrained in us. Um, Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways or you've watched people within your family be involved in the church and it's funny that you asked like people you said that people are redefining what church is to them and that's one of the questions that came up at the brunch that I attended that we did an exercise where people share what was church to them as a child and now what does church mean to them as an adult and so going through not just looking at the physical building But what does it truly mean to be a part of the church, which when you think about it, biblically, the church is not a physical building. Mm -hmm. It is the body of believers. And so what does that mean to you now? How do you embrace it? And how do you continuously show that you are a part of that family? Right. That's a good one. That's a good one. You want to know something on a light note? What hits me different now? What? Those old school worship songs that like your grandma and your mama them used to sing and used to just be in church and used to be like that organ hidden and everything. Like. Them junk, I got a playlist. Those junks hit differently now, especially when you're going through a storm. Like, hey, where it's like, um, no storm. Shut up. There's a leak in this building. Hey, hit me. And then there was another song that I can't remember right off the top of my head, but it was talking about like, no storm. Shut. I told the storm. I told the storm. Man, I told the storm to pass. Hey, now. look, my grandma was in the hospital. What was it like last year? We didn't one know. Like, it wasn't looking good. Like, I told the storm was like, on repeat like i'm in the car balling like leaving work going to the hospital like i thought the storm was on it so oftentimes at least where i've experienced um thankful to be to grown up in the church and understand religion quote unquote as people say it mm-hmm. but what i consider most important is having relationships yes yes it's so important oh lord thank hey, you hey glory yeah. because right. them, them old bops baby Come will on. take you there Come take on. you to a place right. and just have your rocking huh right. <laughs> hey, come on now, guy. <laughs> right, right after I listen to Yikes by Nicki Minaj, let me stop. Weak, because you know sometimes you do have to intertwine these playlists. You need a little soldier boy up in this hole, hey, and then on. you need to jump into <laughs> I Told a Storm. <laughs> hey, I, listen, my room, my work playlist is so like I'll be like, if anybody listens to this, they're like, who is this person? <laughs> It's like I'm sorry, we all over the place, you know. I just go back and forth. <laughs> I do. I go from gospel to Christian to contemporary to rap to Asian pop. Like I, my, my like they play this. I'm gonna share it one day when I'm. Please share it. I and I love it. me some good Asian pop as well. Come on now, hey, hey, do I'm gonna have to share when I get off the phone or get off whatever this is. I'm gonna share the uh little playlist or whatever not playlist but album i've been listening to my boy been going in i don't even know what he's saying but i be in here live share it to me on twitter so if somebody listens to this they can go back and buy. okay yeah i'll do that okay we're gonna jump right into the next stuff though so okay. you know grownish 
every time me and Mark for short get together. And I forgot, I haven't even let you do your introduction. So let me stop. Let me give let you do an introduction because this is really your first time on my channel because I was on your channel. So well, tell the people who you are. Hey, what's up, y'all? My name is Marcus Jones, a.k.a. Mark for short. Um, Heather and I are friends from Memphis. I also, in addition to working in mental health and do a few other things, I have a lifestyle platform, blog, and Insta platform where I use primarily to share and engage called Mark for Short. Um, the website is markforshort.com, M-A-R-C-F-O-R-S-H-O-R-T.com. And um, essentially what I do is make um, original posts as well as feature posts from different creatives um, around the states that I've met, I know, I have a relationship with that are doing life on their own terms, whether they be, you know, traveling the world or teaching or, you know, working in higher ed, uh, an attorney, different stuff like that. So just highlighting the beauty of millennials from um, everyday perspective. I think our generation tends to be shaping, especially outside of the boomers, shaping the path for what it means to really like do this thing called life in, in this digital age. And so I really enjoy sharing that and highlighting that and working with people and doing that. So yeah, that's my little plug. Marcus Jones, everybody. I really <laughs> look up to this guy, y'all. I promise. Uh -huh. <laughs> I promise. But now we've been kicking it for a while. I honestly like most of my friends. I feel like I can't really pinpoint exactly when we got cool, cool. But I think I like to tell people with a little something like this, we always had like the same friend group. We would be in the same areas a lot of times, the same gatherings. And one day we was just like, okay, maybe we should be friends too. Right, right, right. Because all of our friends, that's so, and that's so, I think, a testament to Memphis. Um, and I don't, I hate to say circle because that sounds so click, clicky, and I don't think it's clicky at all. Mm -hmm. I, it's like growing up in Memphis when you go to schools like White Station, Germantown, yep. stuff like that. A lot of us, a lot of those programs we were in, there weren't like a lot of black people, like the honors program and stuff. There weren't say a ton of black people in those programs. So the ones that are in those programs, J Dog, Chantella, me, Michael, all of us, like Jaleesa Battle, all of us, like know each other. Or yep. like, so what's that one degree of separation? Like you be like, oh, you see somebody on Instagram, you be like, I see them. You're we're literally in the same group of people all the time. Exactly. Like, so it's just like it almost become an organic, you know, thing like we organically become friends because we're all kicking it and hanging out and doing life. And in fact, I actually spent a lot of my time, at least my first year um, of college, because, again, I was a Christian Brothers student. So I was in Christian Brothers here in Memphis my first year before I transferred to UT. So I spent a ton of time at your campus at U of M. So shout out to the Tigers. Like, y'all, like homies, like I would kick it, me, J-Doc, Eric Battle, all the, like all, we would just be out hanging and kicking it and y'all always welcome me onto y'all's campus um you know everybody so i i could go down the list adrian it, leslie it, all my memphis folks are i love them all like i feel like sometimes like i'm a tiger vicariously through that hey stuff. memphis yeah. people are tigers regardless of what school they went to and that's and I, facts on facts i rip it i rip it even though you know i'm a ball i still rip yeah my yeah yeah I, I can't <laughs> I live in the sweet spot. Let's say that. I live in the sweet spot. It's all love here. Yes, yes. I spent a lot of time at y'all school, too. But I think it was after you had actually, like, graduated because mm -hmm. I started knowing more of the students that were in Greek organizations. So I would mm -hmm. go to functions. And then somehow or another, I remember one year I got volunteered 
to make costumes for the alpha pa- pageant, the Miss okay. Black and Gold pageant. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Because I made, I made costumes two years in a row for Kappa Ada and Memphis, and then somebody recommended me, Lord knows I don't really sew that well, but them costumes look pretty nice. And I kept telling people, I'm like, y'all, these gonna fall apart after y'all get up off the stage, but y'all go hard. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's up, man. Child, yes. I think Attest is a testament to like the African American community, and we it feels like we're big, but we're really small, though. I think we make up what, like 15 16 percent. I know on UT's campus, we made up like maybe 11 between 11 when I was there, 11 between 11 and 16 percent, maybe of the campus. I know the initiative was to grow, but I know even in the US, I can't remember off the top of my head, but we don't, y'all. It's not, it's, it's some of us, but we're not majority, so I mean, yeah. we have able to stick together and connect and a lot of it do becomes brother and sisterhood because it does i tell people like everybody knows somebody i'm talking doctors lawyers like i can meet somebody new and then i ask my face i'm like how you know this person right like Like, dang we got a 50 mutual friends who these people so cool too because i think it's a testament to the uh african-american people and just how family like we are like we that, that that's that's like ingrained in us and we've had to maintain that type of you know that type of approach to living you know mm-hmm. and we made it through so it's it's it's, it's us it's, it's <laughs> right for us by us shout out to the black people and happy black history month we love you <laughs> Yes, we should start it off with that. Come on now. Right. We love you the best month. Not only is my birthday, it's Black History Month. <laughs> okay, so let's jump into Grownish. Uh so Marcus and I decided that most of the time when we connect on our platforms, we're gonna be titling it in some way Grownish. Cause one, we like the show. And mm-hmm. two, because we're grown out here trying to figure it out. And also, we'll be reflecting on the show. So a lot of things that we say may be inspired by things that actually happen on the show, but then we kind of transform it and go into our own ways of figuring out adulthood. Mm -hmm. So they just put out two more episodes, um, three and four. Uh, What did you think? I'm curious. Um, Okay, so where should I start? Because I got a number of results. Okay. Start, should I start most recent or like start from the back? Um, we can go back, back on up, do the back. Okay, I'll back up a little bit. Yeah. Okay, so if, you're, if you're a fan of Grownish, you know that Zoe got back. Um, her and Luca broke up, but then they like revisited with one another, reconnected, quote unquote. Oh, they I, reconnected, all right, right? They reconnected, and um, I was, I, I was a little, I don't know, it just threw me, but yeah, I think it threw me. As it would throw anybody, because when you break up, but you don't break all the way up, you be in that weird space where I don't know where we are. And I've been there. I remember being there. It's like, do I want my pants and my book and stuff back, or are we gonna go? Are we gonna work it out? Yeah, like what what we doing? Mm-hmm. I, I, I think the show does it. I mean, because it's a television show, so they have to kind of rush through it a few days. But in actuality, like I remember being in that space for a good six months. Man, <laughs> so I? it's. Right, so it's really funny, like to see that and be like, yeah, that that is what happened, and being in that age group, and even if you, because um, I was about to say Chloe, Zoe is in college, obviously, but like even if you're young and you're not in college, some of the things that they're going through, you you probably a bit through too, you know what I'm saying? Maybe not in that same setting. I think university makes it that much more amplified 
because you're on the, especially if you live on campus or you're on campus, you're involved and stuff, kind of like how Heather was when you're seeing that person oftentimes all the time. It makes it hard. It's like, and you got mutual friends. That's the hard part, too. Just how we were talking earlier about like our mutual friends and stuff. So imagine dating in that inner circle of people and then something goes south and people starting to have to pick sides. With, right. I'm, and it's happened mm-hmm, in it some happened. of these very circles. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah right so um yeah that's something to think about um especially from the first parts of episode three i think and going forward i would say though the most recent thing that shocked me when i saw luca and jillian i was like oh my like did i felt some type of way when i saw that so because you know i don't know if you noticed but i feel like they were introducing jillian because she was gonna be like a new home girl i feel like they was kind of fizzling out um, the young lady that you know maybe got pregnant and then mm-hmm. like, fizzling I mean not fizzling but slowly introduced Jillian she's a transfer student I think from Clark um came in you know like, no uh Spellman Spellman yeah HBCU friends don't hate me I'm sorry um <laughs> but yeah she she came in real cute you know glowing gloss and I'm like yeah they got some new melanin magic I thought they was gonna do it with Jordan but I guess she did her little stint and came in but yeah I, when we saw her they introduced her. I was like, you know, that's cool. They're introducing more diversity into the group. It's not just the girls, the quote-unquote twins, twins, as we know them as Chloe and Haley. But, um, yeah, introducing more blackness and being really real to it because it is a, a spinoff of Blackish. So I was excited about that. But then when I saw the whole thing with Luca, I was like, oh, dang, this is going to be some drama because we already know Zoe character. She she don't take losing, like, to know. You know what I'm saying? Like, she's right. kind of the alpha female, so to speak. So she this 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 gonna be some. So I'm I'm interested to see how uh, this playoff because I mean it's no way for Jillian to have known. I would think that they were together previously, and obviously she could she she probably gonna market herself or stuff like oh everything's cool everything's cool, but we know it's not cool. So. Yeah, and that's a rough situation for her to be in because like you done met this cool girl that you think y'all probably gonna be kicking it, not knowing who she's been involved with, and now automatically Zoe ain't. Probably gonna want to fool with her no more. Nope, at all. And she ain't gonna know why. And then Luca's gonna be in the middle of it. And then it's just, it, it, it's gonna be a little drama. So it's, I guess that, you know, they, they the creators, they start off a little slow, like you said, but I think they, yeah, they, they, they had a direction for this all. So. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Wasn't Jillian in the bed with Luca during like the first or second season? Remember the time where Zoe showed up at his apartment? And then he left the door and walked back to his room, and it was a girl in the bed. I said I have to go back and revisit that, but mm-hmm. now I'm thinking that that was her. Could it have been though? Because remember, she said she was a transfer student, but I guess but that was that would have been the same semester because that would have been first or second uh, episode of this season. Oh, this see of this episode season. This yes, episode. yeah, of this, this season. season. Not the seasons. Um, yeah. I got to go back and rewatch it. But after they showed him walking in the background of her room, mm-hmm. I, my mind immediately went back to that scene I where Zoe the- had showed up at the door and he went back to the room. Uh-huh. And it was I a girl think- there. But I just I- can't remember. I think the girl did have braids. I'm not sure. Help, help me. Is he from New York? Because I kept hearing Diggy's character call him uh, Soho. So I'm guessing he's a New Yorker. That's why he's like kind of hipsterish and stuff. I never paid attention to. Yeah, I don't know where he's supposed to be from in the show. Okay, okay. Because and I, was... I always get confused with which spelling is the show spelling and which show uh, spelling is his real name. Because you know his real name is Luca as well. I think his real name is like L U A K A or something like that, and his show name is L U K A. I think I could be wrong. 
Yeah, it's either one is with a C and one is with a K. But oh. I always get confused on which one is the real spelling because you're not be trying to write people's names <laughs> and whatnot when I'm talking about them. But, right. you know, I was very excited to see that he was finally showing his emotions, like expressing right. it. Um, because really, even though we know that he feels and that he's loved Zoe, like it's been obvious, but he's never really, to my knowledge or to what I remember, just sat down and really communicated exactly how he feels about her or how he feels in moments of being upset or angry. And so that scene where he sat down and actually talked things out with, um, Diggy, what's Diggy character name? I can't remember. My bad, Diggy. Child, and I love, I love him on that. Doug, that's his name on Doug. the show. Yeah, I love Doug and um. Uh, why am I blanking on everybody's name now? I'm only remembering their real names. Just name, name their real life. That's what I say. Child Chloe, but yeah. that couple is so cute too. But. Yeah, yeah. I love him but just seeing Luca actually open up and try to express himself was really cool but then I also felt kind of sad at the end when they decided that you know I guess this is the end because I've been there too it's like yeah we still love and care deeply for each other but at this time we realize this is not where we need to be and that takes one a lot of maturity but then two it's still heartbreaking because you still have to grieve what you've lost knowing that both of you still kind of want it right and uh in real life just bringing it back to what we were talking about earlier soul type real too so like having those type of connections with people too it's really really not it's it's not an easy thing and i think they do a good job at highlighting it in a fun and friendly way that's digestible for everyday people or everyday millennials and you know uh later generations because these are real life conversations so i'm happy that they're touching bases on it in their way and like you said i think uh with luca um you mentioned about like his his emotional maturity Sometimes you get that from relationships because you think about it. Zoe, and as I can attest to, a number of women typically are a bit more emotional and mature than men. Y'all process things a bit uh, differently, um, especially in our culture, just because of historically things that, you know, with black men, we don't always, we're not able or we don't always feel inclined to be able to process our emotion or be emotional creatures. And so, um, yeah, I think some of that, like, that, that, that only speaks to, his character growth, but also in real life, what happens in relationships when you, when there's a given and exchange and you have to be like, man, this didn't work out, but what was the lesson in it? Like, what was the lesson in the blessing in it? What did I get from this? What did I get from that person? It's easy to be mad and ugly. And the first, you know, that first, eh, I ain't do me right. Or mm-hmm. she didn't do me wrong. But when you sit back and you have time to reflect and you not from a space of bitter, but in the space from like hope, one, that's the place you got to come from, being a whole individual, being like, okay, I'm good with or without somebody. And then you'd be like, what What did I really get from this? Because if you say you ain't getting nothing, then you the fool because you don't want to spend time with somebody you want to get nothing in, in, in return. So what did you gain and learn from that relationship? And I think in this case, Luca, Luca learned, got some maturity from uh, Zoe. And I think Zoe became more of a creative being in her own space with being with Luca because he is if anything a very creative young man like you know he's just fluid in his artisticness I think Chloe I mean Chloe Zoe um tended to be more like you know that girl that it girl that popular girl Mm -hmm. 
I think being with Luca kind of rubbed off on her. She felt more she can express herself creatively through her fashion, which rendered her, I think, ideally getting that position, that uh, big position that she's in with on the show. And so you said that she rubbed off on him with the emotional maturity, but mm-hmm. I also think the same for him. Like you talked about it in a creative aspect, but I really saw him as a pretty mature individual when it came to their relationship. Sometimes, and a lot of times, even more so than Zoe, like some of the stuff that she did, it just rang immaturity to me in my mind. And it's not that that's not something in some of those cases that I would have done in the past, but that's just not the place that I am today. And a part of me is like, he was super nonchalant. Like, yes, he could afford to show his emotions more, but also the way that he was unbothered and didn't let a lot of like just minuscule things bother him show maturity seemingly, in my book. Seemingly though. Cause I think that's I'll true. Think- that's true. I'm speaking from the perspective of man, like we will be like blow stuff off and sometimes and not to dive into that, but the psyche of mental health, uh, a lot of the psyches of black men, we bottle things up and then we have these volcanic eruptions. It's like, where all this come from? It's like, okay, that's facts. And we weren't communicating like in it. And not to say, not to narrow Luca and his character down, because I mean, he may be just this mature um, Soho guy, I don't know a lot of black men that ID that way how he is, but that be that could be because of the the difference in generation. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. A lot of my, like Fred or like Doctor Lord. You know what I'm saying? Tech, something like that. But like I'm I'm I like the idea that he's comfortable in his own space to be that way. But yeah, I can say a lot, and it's a difference also with being um being mature and then having like being able to emotionally mature if that makes sense so you can make dumb decisions but still be able to rationalize them and like you know narrow them down because we're human beings everybody's gonna make a mistake but can you work through what you made yeah opposed to not doing anything and being all chill but then you also not communicate your feelings and you sitting over there and you how all the time you know what i'm saying yeah and can you take criticism too mm-hmm. um and he help take that yeah he was very, when it got to her trying to help him with their job, that showed a lot, I think, of uh, toxic masculinity with him being like, I didn't need you to do this or help mm-hmm. me. It's like, dude, that's your girl. She's trying to plug you in, but your ego wouldn't let you get this job. Like, forget what you're trying to do. She She's coming at it as a team perspective. Like, my dude win, I'm winning because yeah. he's plugged in with this artist. And he was too up on his ego and his image to humble himself so that he could listen to her and listen to reason and get that position. So she ended up getting it. Yeah. And that scene alone kind of shows what you were saying. It's like you can play it cool when really you're like you're really affected by things because yeah. bro was nervous. <laughs> he was nervous. Nah, I'm just going to like, listen, we and I think that's just people. We have to be like give and a take. That's what men and women, that's a give and a take. Listen to her. She listens to you. You grow together. And yeah, I think the, the object would be to grow together, which is what I was thinking. Glory, glory, glory. Zoe was aiming for. Chloe must be texting me. Waiting right. Hello. Text. Is she on the line? <laughs> Are we on? <laughs> Bantu stuff, either her or I'm thinking about Chloe from the show. I got Bantu stuff I need to respond to. But um, yeah. I think um, that that's that's the truth. Like, and again, growing with one another as opposed to ultimately growing apart. I think that's the that's what we're not aiming to do. And I think that's what they like. They the goal was for them to grow together. Unfortunately, when she went overseas, and they were already rough rough in a rough space. Yep. They end up apart. So yeah. So also in one of them <laughs> last, what'd you say? 
see it happen. Talk <laughs> time. <laughs> but in one of the last episodes as well, my girl Sky went on a mm-hmm. date, which Did brings you? me to my next little topic. Is... Sky just out her day, living her best life. Come through, like <laughs> baby. I'm here. For, I'm so here for Sky. And let me tell you this: when um Vivek walked in and was like, "Oh my God, Sky just went on a date," and her sister was like, "She had a date." <laughs> Right, right, right. They they say the way they relationship is set up on the show, it looks like they share everything. Yeah, but like, oh, they don't. Right, she was like, she really does leave a secret life. (laughs) I heard this saying once. It was on a picture with Beyonce and Jay Z, but I don't know if they said it, so I can't say it. It said, "Keep your relationship private without your partner being a secret." Hello, ding ding. I like that. I like the idea. I think as we grow. And when you're in a relationship, when you're dating, the goal is to, you know, at some point branch off and do your own thing as two. Um, I also think in the Insta culture, in a very media-based culture, people look for gratification in relationship yep. as opposed to look for connection and, you know, uh, being with someone that they're connected to. And they have, you know, genuine friendship you can do life with. And so you'll see... Bay hashtag woman like I I don't know everyone's different but I think when you put yourself out there you risk and you see it with celebrities all the time you risk you know the harsh judgments of the world and the criticism and everybody don't want to see you happy like people can don't wish, could could be around you smaking it faking and smiling that don't mean they want to see you happy so I think when we talk about relationships and sharing things um sometimes it's really important just to keep what you're what you're hoping to gain and build from um not secretive but private you know keep it to yourself keep amongst the close the close the the ones you mess with mess with because the instagram of how you think you got a thousand friends when you really only got three or four hello or hadn't seen these folks in years years on years okay you gotta be mindful and not to say not to take the cup half empty but i'm i'm a realist more optimist like people will wish you well and people grow you know but that's none of their business like i'm here for sharing like the updates like you know she said yes or something like that but in regards to your the ins and outs of your dating i think there's a there's an organicness that comes from just being in connection with a person and being able to be like this is us right now this is a us moment we can share this moment if we choose to but it's not like i'm not I'm not obligated to do that. And I think oftentimes, and not to even blame people, I think just the culture of internet, you feel so obligated to share, you know, mm-hmm. like I share something. I got to keep up with the Joneses, quote unquote. No, you don't. <laughs> right. So what is your approach to date, dating? And I'm thinking about actually going out on dates and specifically talking about asking someone on one of those first dates or outings. Okay, interesting. And we talked a little bit about this before. We did talk a bit about this. So I'm going to revisit kind of what I said um, through via text and then we'll um, navigate. Because I talked I talked with somebody about this not too long ago, too. Um, one of my uh, old co-workers who's married. Um, but long story short, um, for me, dating should be casual because I feel like when you put a lot of pressure and labels and things on things, and not that you shouldn't put them, but I think you put a lot of pressure and be like, this is official date and things like that without, you know, knowing a person, knowing who they are or having again connection with them, you set yourself up for failure. So I'm super casual when it gets to dating if for, for all intents and purposes. So for me, what I would do now, and I, this, this game, so y'all listen, this is how I move. <laughs> Come on, um, game. <laughs> I what I do is, what Marcus Jones does is, I first 
introduce um, that person to my friend group. So, for example, if I'm interested in a girl and I'm like, oh, she like, you know, I can kind of see us like, you know, kicking it one on one. What I'm going to do is, and you know, I'm, and you're the same way, you're out, you have events and things going on, so you out there in these streets, you're doing things, you're networking, you're at school event, you you work on a campus, so you can attest to this too, and I, I work in mental health, I'm always at different events and stuff. I'm like, I'm going to invite you to a space, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And bring your girls, bring your homies, like bring your friends, I bring my friends, we have friends, we all... We do our thing. We go to this space. Um, we're in a young adult age, so a lot of things I go to, yeah, maybe a networking thing. But oftentimes, it's somewhere we having drinks kicking back. So yeah, we're at we're we're having a kickback right now. We're at Young Avenue or something like that, or Ubi's. You know, J Doc always be like, "Let's go do this." Go do yeah. That. So they be the one. I'm like, "Just what we doing?" Like, <laughs> and I'm gonna invite you. And ultimately, I'm gonna let my friend group read you. <laughs> so, do you then tell the friend group like, "Hey, this a potential"? Like, y'all give me your your rubric at the end of the night, or is it kind of a like, how do you feel they vibe? It, I I test the waters first on friends because I feel like if we can't be good friends first, we won't survive in a relationship. So first are we in a cool space friendly wise? Like, are we friendly? And then everybody ain't got to like everybody. I ain't, I ain't looking for you to blow smoke up nobody's behind. They ain't got to like your hair. They ain't got to like what you do. You know what I'm saying? But generally inviting you into a space where people that know me, know me since I was 12, 13, 14, 15 years old, Mm J-Doc, people that like, I know Jeremy, people that I know, I know, know, that know Marcus. Cause sometimes, listen, you don't always know yourself. So you'll be looking for something. (laughs) <laughs> oh, she got this or that or looking beautiful. And then they be like, dude, did you not realize she said this? I'm like, oh, dang, I didn't do, do that. So I'll invite you to my friend setting. And my friend's group is pretty gender fluid. But what I will do, and this is my little tidbit, I'll talk about you to a close friend in, in a one-on-one. So, for example, if I'm interested in you, I will we'll all hang out. And then if I'm see, I, and I call it seeking wise counsel. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Kevin, what you think about X, Y, and Z? And then he'd be like, she cool, bro. She cool, babe. Like, that's bad. Like, even when, when my buddy Kevin got married, um, I, w- I think I was there on Kevin's first date or second date. We were hopping around downtown looking for Jeannie because he met Jeannie off of, um, was it, um, was it Bumble? I think Bumble or one of those websites like that. And I remember this man had us running around Bill Street. It was crowded. I can't, was it St. Patrick's Day? Something like that. Yeah. It was like first or second day. We running around downtown trying to find this pretty little Asian girl that he can swipe right on. So it was, We love the coos. <laughs> right. So it was really cool how they, because oh, she was in town for med school or something like rotations or something. So it was really organic how they met. And so being in that space when that happened. So it wasn't like, they got engaged, and he like, oh, Marcus, I want you to meet my girl. Like, I was there from the, the fold of it all. Like, obviously, they have their own as a relationship. There's many of things they have that I probably don't want a part of or don't know about. Mm-hmm. That beginning part and, you know, their, their their love beginning to blossom. I remember the, the, the planting of that and seeing that happen. So in that same way, um, I, I have my friends and my family, too. I think we underestimate uh, family, uh, auntie, will read you real quick too. Like, will and stuff. Um, <laughs> come on now. Okay, so what does that next step so look like? So you've taken them out with your homies. You talked mm-hmm. for some while with one of mm-hmm. your friends, and they giving you good vibes. So then, how do you ask out, and do you use the word date? Yeah, you, you call a spade a spade. Say, hey, okay, 
be interested in, or this sounds really formal. You'd be like, hey, what's going on like next week? Would you want to go on a date? You know, we can go on a really casual date. I use, I say the word casual because, I mean, what are we doing? Like, are we going to go to a four seat, you know, a four star restaurant or are we yeah. going to movie or film? So if it's casual, I call a spade a spade. If it's a date date, then I'm taking you out to eat. That's different. I think that gets more into me courting you. And I think also as millennials and, uh, um, future generations have to know there's levels to it and I've talked a lot with my friends that are married and older saints about this about the idea Come on, older saints yes real talk that have been married like years got years in the game um but um the idea of courting so dating mm-hmm. is different dating is very casual dating is like hey we're going to a movie where you know friends can be involved friends cannot be involved it could be group dating quote unquote uh, courting is Getting to know this person, like, hey, I'm gonna actually take you out as a man. You grabbing the door for her, you might bring a gift. You get what I'm saying? So it's it's levels to it. And when you and me at a younger age approach these things differently because I had different goals in mind. So when I was younger, it was just I'm out here in these streets. But as I get older, and you know, friends are getting married. I'm getting older. The the thought of kids and things like that are on my trajectory. My the way in which I date and court has changed. So now I'm not just going on casual dates. I re, in order for you to even make it into my friend circle, and I ain't been knowing you, knowing you, that means I got interest in you. Blue. So for, real talk. And so um, when we go forward from that, and then we talk about like single one on one day, I potentially could see myself marrying you. Just to be real, like. That's, mm, that's- mm-hmm. So, and so if all goes well in that, then we'll start the court process. If I'm courting you, probably court you like six months to a year, depending on, you know, how the relationship is. It's different. Say, for example, now, you know, talk with someone that is living in another city or something like that. I think in our generation, things have changed because we're all, a lot of us aren't, you know, in the same city, but we feel very connected through obviously text, phone, FaceTime, internet. So it's like, oh, I'm in your city. And so it changes the dynamic of which we approach it. But the, the game's still the same so to speak so it's like hey we hung out this time or this time last time i saw you was in la when we was kicking it you know we had a good time then that was mm-hmm. a good then when i see you in Asheville, do you want to go on a date you get what i'm saying so yeah graphically things have changed but that approach still the same um going from that and also seeing it has to be me seeing myself with the future seeing myself having a future with you and kids. Like I'm, I'm like totally here for kids. I've been like, I, I'd be having like, I don't say baby fever. Cause that's it's not like baby. It's just the idea of like a family. Mm-hmm. It, it, I see it. Like I see my friends, Lisa and Eric with their kids or with their son. Um, I see um my really good friend, Jeremy, who I'm working on being to with his weddings coming up in uh, May and the bachelor's party and just uh, Kevin and Jeannie, they're planning for kids now. So it's really cool to not only and and not even just to compare to my friends, but just what I want in my own. You know, but um, just seeing it around me and also, you know, growing as a person and being where you want to be and knowing where you, who you need to be, because I'm a I'm not a fan of, you know, putting yourself into a situation or relationship out of convenience. I think you do yourself a disservice and you also do the person you're with a disservice. So, man, if you're out here dating, like be dating intentionally, like mm-hmm. don't. Like wasting nobody's time. Ain't nobody got time to waste. Like we getting older. Don't waste nobody's time out here. Like don't be wasting nobody's time. If you don't see yourself having a future with somebody or building something, let it go. Like ain't nobody here just to be no um consolence for you or no 
you know, no neutral person in your life. Like people are looking to have future or at least mature adults. And that's where we're growing or grownish growing into. So you want to be able to connect with someone on that same page. Um, or at I, least be transparent. Cause it's okay. Right. If you're not looking for long term, but right. if you know for a fact, that's what the person that you're talking to is looking for, then you just need to be transparent. Cause you may come to the agreement that both of y'all just want some casual, you ain't trying to take it nowhere, and that's all fine and dandy. That's, but... cool too. that's cool too. But like, like you said, be transparent, and that transparency first comes with being able to communicate. Because oftentimes people can't communicate, and I've been victim of that too. Um, I think a lot of my communication skills have grown through me again working in mental health. So I typically like I'm like I can articulate like this is mm-hmm. what I, I'm literally doing and meaning. Like not just man, you know I was trying to. No, I'm going to tell you so you know. <laughs> like, we both on the same page. So that I know that I'm not wasting your time and you're not wasting my time. And because, man, ain't nobody got no time to spare. Like, Hello? None. I waste a lot of my own time, so I don't need nobody else wasting my time. Right. <laughs> both. And I'm getting to the point, like, I'm really I'm really in tune with that, my time and energy. Uh, I worked in finance for four years, so I think that helped me, too, working numbers and stuff and knowing, like, and not quant- saying I can be quantified because there's no, the God in me can't be quantified. Mm-hmm. The time and energy, what that's worth, and what you put out in this world, you can't get that back. Look at with Kobe Bryant, man. You don't, yeah, like you get one chance to do this, you know. So, you got to do it the best of your abilities and don't be out here playing. You know, I'm not trying to be playing with nobody. And I, I mean, I like the idea of family, kids, so yeah, and being realistic with yourself. Like, what are you looking for a long time? Some people don't want kids, mm-hmm. you don't want parents. Some just like you said, want something a little more casual. And that's okay. It's no judgment. I think we have to get out of this space of feeling like we're judging people based off of, you know, again, keeping with, with the challenges, but again, being realistic with what you're looking for. Correct. Once you're looking for, then you're able to put yourself out there and you attract that to you. But if you don't know and you in confusion, you have the, uh, you have the, you're susceptible to attracting confusion to you as well. And so one of the quotes that I lean on a lot, and I don't remember who told it to me or where I read it, but it basically says that two people who want the same te- want the same thing on different timelines want different things. Mm-hmm. And so I lean very heavily on that because somebody can want what say? Say that again. Good one. Okay, so two people who want the same thing. Mm-hmm. but on a different timing want different things mm-hmm. and so it's like yes we could have all these conversations about in us or mm-hmm. about us potentially being together or seeing greatness in each other but if I'm looking to settle down now and you know you trying to play the field for the next 15 years mm-hmm. we're not gonna make it regardless of how in tune we are in other ways and that's part of the reason that I don't really believe in soulmates. I believe that we are attracted to several different people or have the potential to be attracted to and compatible with so many people, but love alone is will not keep you together because oh. when you look at divorce rates and stuff, people ain't breaking up really because they don't love each other. It's right. that other stuff that goes on. And so love to me is a decision that mm-hmm. we make. You decide to be committed. You decide to pour your love into this one person or however many people you decide mm-hmm. to make that connection with. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just can't rest saying there's only one person in the entire world that could be for me. I agree. I think, and I, I, I've seen this too as I, get older and I and this is I, I think this is more of a testament to the grace of God as opposed to just my own human 
uh, self because I'm flawed. But God will reveal to me, like, he allows me to see my future with people, so to speak, or like what it could be. You know what I'm saying? So Mm -hmm. so it's like when I see, I can see myself being with you. It's not saying, oh, this is the soulmate, but it's like I can see myself, you know, doing life with you. Yes. Yes. Life with you. Are we compatible in a sense of do we have the same thing? Like, are you wanting kids around this time? Or are you going to be more career oriented until you're in your 40s? You know, different things like that. Like, Mm -hmm. People have biological time clocks as well. So what are you looking for long term? And do you have a plan on doing that? And also, for me, other things that are applicable too, where I think seriously about credit score, debt, um, are you wanting to have two homes? You know what I'm saying? Like things like mm-hmm. that. You have goals, or even if you don't have any goals at all, and I have goals, well, you're going to think I'm cheating on you because you go, I'm always I'm always striving for these goals. I've been in that type of situation where the person thinks that you're being, you're being, um, what do they call it? You're, you're not being faithful when in actuality, you, you just, you just, you just mining those, those, those fields so that you can grow. You're planning so you can grow. And sometimes that can look like neglect when the person don't have those fields that they're mining for themselves either. So mm-hmm. they was like, nah, all my free time, I should be spending with you. Cause I already got off work and doing this. And you like, no, I, this is my free time I'm putting into my project. So yep. that project can grow. You get what I'm saying? So you have to be able to one, like you say, uh, be on the same page and timeline and also be able to pour into one another and see each other's vision. Like in the same way you can have a vision for your life. You need to be able to see your partner's vision too, so that you can uplift one another. And again, it gets back to growing together. That way you don't grow apart. That's true. Yeah. That's, that's true. That's real true. And so you spoke a little bit about how you tend to ask people out on dates. Mm-hmm. And I was just wondering, if you don't mind sharing, mm-hmm. how long ago was your last something that you would consider a date? The last date I had was... What if I... Well... Mm. There wasn't really a date. That was <laughs> what you mean it wasn't really a date? It, they got around the friends and it was kind of like, eh, you cool? No, it wasn't that. It was just like this, Um, you know, I was in Toronto in December. Yeah. And I met this girl, but it was like through this, it was like, it was like yoga through like church. So it wasn't like, I wasn't planning to meet. I was out here moving on my own. I just happened to meet her. So I'm thinking that was my last time where I. But you were interested? Yeah, I was interested. Okay. So, I mean, it could have been a date. Was was she interested as well? I don't know. Okay. Don't, we never got that far in the conversation. We didn't get that far in the conversation. And actually, I think she, like, cared me to her friend. I don't know if she cared mm. me to her in a sense of, like, because she knew that I was, like, just job and her friend had a similar process with different stuff I'll talk about another time. But um, I don't know. I don't know. That's interesting. I don't know. I need to ch- look. This is the millennial me. Let me go look at her social media. <laughs> Child, right? <laughs> you so What about you? Um, let's see. Um, what would that have been? Probably around two thousand fourteen. Really? Yeah. It's time to get back out there. I know, I know. That's what we said. That's what we said. I have a pack with my friend. Shout out to my friend because I know he probably gonna listen to this as well. But I'm supposed to go on at least one date by okay. April. Okay. Of this year, I don't know how, but I was like, 
really can you go on a date if the opportunity doesn't present itself? And I really, I'm sorry. No, keep going. Apps like do you use Bumble and stuff like that? No, I've never used an app before. What you got at least Bumble? I've never used any of the apps, and I'm slick terrified by them. And I also, you know. I you talked about how now you are dating with intention and there may have been a time where you were just out in the streets and dating for fun. I have never like even when I was in elementary school, middle school, it was always a oh, I could see a future with you, which is kind of strange as well for me to be so young doing that. And so, like, I just don't I don't crush a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, people's looks really don't do anything for me because a lot of people are like, oh my God, he's so fine. I want to go talk to him. And that just doesn't do it for me. I usually put people into similar to you. Like we become friends first. And I'm like, oh my God, like there are some qualities there that I could see meshing well with what I have to offer. Um, but often the times that I shoot my shot, you know, it kind of go into the bleaches. So <laughs> right. Okay. Okay. Um I don't know. I'm not even in the space to recommend because, I mean, we all out here growing and learning. Um, I would definitely say get out there. Um, if you will, if you have time, hook up your Bumble app. Like, I think it's I, again... Ooh, yeah. No, here's the thing, though, because I was... I'm kind of old-fashioned in that sense, too, and I wasn't convinced until Kevin and Jenny... I wasn't convinced until a Kevin and Jenny wedding. I was like, okay, I get out. You're like, <laughs> I, okay, I, I, I guess I, it worked. <laughs> I get I guess it worked because I I was very like I was in this kind of same thing. You like I don't know about the app. Like this feel very like, but again, the way culture has changed, and you could very well swipe right on somebody that lived in Memphis their whole life and lived down the street from you. But oh, you know, absolutely. So I think the way life has changed and the way we do life has changed, and again, modern culture. Shout out, ooh, we got to read Modern Romance too. Um, ooh, yeah, that's that's a that's a good the. The book Modern Romance, uh, co-written by Aziz Ansari, is a comedian. He co-wrote it with a sociologist. He talks about dating in this 21st century because it's hard. and It's not, I don't say it's do's and don'ts, but it's a lot of, like, areas of grayness that our parents never had to deal with. So we don't have advice on how to deal with those things. Mm-hmm. So I think he approaches those things. And he talks about some of the realistic things, too, because oftentimes people make this marriage. Thing. They've been in the game 50, 60 years. Well, Back in the day, a lot of people were getting married, particularly women, for you know financial stability. It was a business transaction, yeah. So, what are again getting to intention? What are you looking for out of that relationship? Exactly. I know judgment, but are you more of a lover? Like, are you more soul train or hove line? What did you say? Wait, what were the two options? Are you more soul train or hove? Want to? You know what I'm saying? Because it levels to it. B and J, we love it. We love to see it, but there's some business behind it. You get yeah. What I'm oh, absolutely, absolutely. But at the same time, you see people more like Chrissy Teigen and uh, John Legend. They feel more like obviously they do little business, but ultimately just feel more like ah, oh, they just a couple. They love each other. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's it's levels. It's definitely levels. And so on your podcast, remember that I mentioned that I was reading Wired for dating for this purpose, and it talks. Um, like modern romance a little bit about the psychology behind it Um, and I think it's very important to understand what physical components are going on when you're falling for people and to one of your points when you mentioned that you like to bring um, the woman around your friends to kind of feel her out that is one of the things that they talk about in Wired for Dating is that at some point 
you should be trying to get input from people who you consider to be close to you and to know you well because oftentimes your judgment can get clouded when you're falling and you're in that honeymoon stage and so you need to get that real from somebody who ain't gonna hold back right i say call it playing offense and defense like you taking an offensive move but your friends being defense so they're gonna cover your defense right exactly but I I just ain't even gotten around to bringing nobody really around, no friends like that. It's okay, though. You throw <laughs> everybody on their own path. Because, look, some folks, I have friends that 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 I went to school with, and God, unfortunately, they divorced now. So Yeah, that's true. We, that's true. You know what I'm saying? We still in our 20s. but you know We are. Saying? We are barely, shoot. As of this week, barely. But I'm still there. <laughs> Still there though. You we're slowly approaching thirty, but this I think it, it's about looking for something long lasting as opposed to just looking for something. Yeah, that's true. An investment, long because relationship is long term. That's an investment. So, who are you investing time with? Who are you doing life with? Oh, you know what? Who did a really good um, service on it? Sarah Jakes Roberts and Tore uh, Roberts. I'm gonna send it to you. I'm gonna find it. It's, it's like the five principles of dating or something like that. Okay. I'm gonna find it and then. Tag you, I'm gonna share with you on Twitter because not to just I'm gonna share it with Twitter, but I feel like if anyone listens to this, they can backtrack it and find it right applicable for them too. Because I, I love Sarah Jakes, I actually saw her in person when I was in LA last, and I just love everything. Um, her and Torrey do a good job, her life ain't been no crystal step for her, mm-hmm. a really good um testament to like just like just her relationship and having coming from a divorce and having kids prior to that and having kids at a young age and stuff. Cause those are real life things. And I don't think people live in a culture that likes to judge, but it's like, no, those are real life things. So being able to, again, seek wise counsel, that's one of my big ones. And then just listen to reason, listen to expert, listen to people that's been there. I'm not listening to dating from somebody that ain't never been in a relationship or relationship bad, or, you know what I'm saying? Or out here struggling in these streets. So I need to hear from married saints out here in these streets. So people that's been, going where I'm trying to be you know people that's or not even if they haven't been there but they're aiming toward doing it so we're again growing together because that's a big thing we got to keep in mind that y'all we are here to grow like if you're not growing then what you're doing like every day that you're here is a blessing so we should be here growing and learning and also pouring into others but don't be too quick to dismiss what your forever single friends have said because sometimes they haven't been in that place where the vision is clouded so they can give you some real like logical feedback on some things sometimes but yeah i know i definitely think that you need to talk to people with experience but a good healthy mix as well um because we definitely know everybody that is married is not happy Right, true. And also, put yourself, they say you become the four to five people that you spend the most time with. Not to be so calculating, but make sure you put yourself around people that are in those spaces so that you're growing together. You get what I'm saying? Like, if you if you in your graduate program, you're not going to be hanging out with somebody that slang it dope. Nothing against slang it dope, you know, if you don't do you, but mm-hmm. y'all ain't, you know what I'm saying? You, 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 you ain't, that, that, when you stressed out, y'all, y'all got different stresses. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. You got, hey, this test stressing me out. Okay, when this one stressed me out, or oh, I did that chapter when I had that. You get know what I'm saying? So you have to, in the same way how you do life in school, it ain't got to be perfect, but you got to be around people that are going through similar situations so that you can run your ways together. Not that you're going to be side to side, but they can pour into you and you can pour into them. That's where fellowship, that, that, when we talk about the body, and you know what I'm saying, get more into that. When you're fellowshipping, and not so much the church as a physical space, but a spiritual space, putting yourself in the church and putting yourself in connection with others that are in that same space, that so there's a growth together. Mm. 
You're wise, my brother. You're wise. <laughs> Man, but we're we in connection, so you wise too. Cause we That's true. Connection. That's true. We wanted a 45, so <laughs> we are linked in here, and we are doing great things, and above all, carrying each other to the next level, which is what I appreciate. Because every time we talk, it's not like, oh, yeah, I agree with all this. Or I agree with that. We also challenge each other. And we have good conversations. So shout really? out to you for that. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me onto your podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, Any final thoughts that you have before we end this up? Um, I just want to say, I feel like your podcast is the equivalent of like sitting in like a loungy, comfy area, like on the different world or something with incense and like a hookah. So that's the vibe <laughs> of your podcast. I feel like when we did mine, it felt more like in an office, maybe an interview, fun interview, but still like an office space. Um, nothing bad or good from either, but mm-hmm. I just, they can get recollection. So keep on doing you, keep on doing this. Bring your friends on. You have such a plethora of people. You have such a wealth of information, a wealth of network. Utilize that and grow into that. And don't um, be shy about going forward into what you're looking for, whether it be in dating or work or whatever, because you'll get it. You'll get it in one, you ask God for it, and he'll put it in your heart and spirit. And you walk on it, you'll get it. You just got to, you know, you make one step, he'll make two. Thank you. I appreciate you. And funny that you said that about the vibe of my show. One of my friends that listened to the first episode actually told me that it sounded like we were sitting down at a date when he was listening to me. And he was Aww. like, it really, like, I had my coffee and I was just sitting there listening to it. And it just felt so personal. And like, we was just chilling and lounging, basically, like what you said. So that's so yeah. cool. And so yours, we talked about this too. Yours, more on a serious note, more business focused. Mine is just kind of chill, whatever comes. And then soon, I'll, I'll be featured on it soon because we recorded it the other day. But one of my other friends, child, that's some shade room type stuff. I was like, it's just all different vibes. <laughs> I got to see it. I got to hear it. I got to hear it. Child, you will. You will. I'll send you the link when it posts. But no, thank you so much for being on here. And y'all make sure y'all check out my friend, um, Mark for short, dance to all of the different things that he'll be doing throughout the next years y'all do not want to miss it thank you so much for being on here thank you for having me heather all right i appreciate you we'll talk again soon okay i'll text you all right bye thank you so much for listening to today's episode again that was my friend marcus jones and this is not the last time that you're gonna hear him on my podcast we plan on doing a lot more collaborations throughout the year and probably beyond but i do want to clear one thing i was listening back and he was talking about the ramsey statue and i said that i had never seen it and i don't know why i said that because i definitely have they placed that statue right when I was, I think, about to graduate undergrad. And before that, it was placed somewhere else in the city. So I've seen it multiple times. I don't know what I thought he said, but that's the end of this. Happy Valentine's Day to you all. Make sure that you forever consider and reevaluate what it is that you want out of life. Shout out to consistency. And I hope to be back on the air soon.